Hello? Hi, it's Robert. Do you want to be on the show? Never call me again. Hello, welcome. My name is Robert, and this is Never Call Me Again. Trey Elder of Quiet Pterodactyl, a nonprofit dedicated to Chicago's art and music communities that aims to create experiences, enjoyment, and entry into the arts to help offset financial pains venues are experiencing due to indefinite closure during the pandemic. Quiet Pterodactyl has released Situation Chicago, a double LP featuring 25 local bands benefiting 25 local venues. Let's give him a call. Hello there. Trey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing great. Welcome to the show. You know, I I was well, thinking. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I, I appreciate you being here. I know that you're super busy. Um, you know, the name "Quiet Pterodactyl" evokes wonder. You know, the first time I heard those words together, I I wasn't sure if it was something you know I should smoke, take for the ride of my life, or or maybe just <laughs> gaze at in awe. So, uh, Trey, what is Quiet Pterodactyl? Um, Quiet Pterodactyl is the name of our nonprofit. Uh, we mostly work uh, with event planning and fundraising within the music and arts communities. But the general idea behind the name is that we don't know what a pterodactyl actually sounded like uh, in movies. It's usually depicted as a loud screeching noise, you know, like in Jurassic Park or something. Uh, realistically, scientists say it might have sounded more like a chicken or a turkey <laughs> because they are birds. Huh. Um but the general idea is we don't know what they sounded like. So we work with artists to help them find their voice and help them express that voice to the, the community at large. Um, so in essence, like they're starting out as a quiet pterodactyl and we're going to help them become a loud screeching pterodactyl. <laughs> nice. And, and so, you know, I know a little bit about you, not a lot. Um, but I know a little bit about your history. And, and so for anybody that doesn't know, how, how did you get started in something like, like Quiet Pterodactyl? Um, well, over the years, I've, I've functioned in several different industries, uh, mostly in hospitality and music. Um, I did coffee sales, especially coffee sales for a long time. Uh, but throughout all those things, I always had a passion for music and the arts. Um, and I also was, able to organize a lot of fundraisers um, along the way. I used to run a venue in Wicker Park called Jerry's, and we often hosted fundraisers for various organizations. Um, so it's just something that I always I always wanted to focus on at some point. Um, and then a couple of years ago, I felt my, my interest in hospitality starting to wane. Uh, and then looking to what I could do in the future, it seemed like, the best way to go about that was to give back to music and arts communities as much as I possibly could. So with the help of friends, we uh, came up with the idea for Quiet Pterodactyl. And so you're a musician yourself. I am. That's awesome. And so, you know, I know that you're, and so you started Quiet Pterodactyl and almost immediately had to put on the brakes, change directions and you know, even considered saying, you know, well, maybe I'll just pick this up at a later time, but you, you chose a different road and are doing something that's really unbelievable. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, most of this year was going to be events focused, uh, which obviously with the pandemic, those, all of those events were canceled. Uh, so yeah, at first I wasn't sure what to do. We just, we just launched Quiet Pterodactyl last November. Um, so it's still very new. Uh, and with all of our plans scrapped, my first thought was just to sit back and reassess, uh, how we go about it. Uh, but quickly that seemed, um, an ill use of, of time and resources. Uh, when I had lots of time on my hands and this is when music and the arts were about to suffer the most it seemed like a horrible, horrible decision to just sit on my hands and do nothing. Uh, so one of the, the situation Chicago album was one of the first few ideas that, uh, that we, you know, thought could have a positive impact on the music community. And, you know, the, the thing is, um, 
you know, I think people probably, you know, so a lot of people are aware of Situation Chicago, what that is, who you are, and, and your role in all of that. I just don't know if people really understand what a what a monument monumental task something like that is, and especially to have it done in the amount of time that you had it done. Um, yeah, to have something pressed to vinyl, just in general, even if let's say my own solo album or something, it usually takes at least a year, year and a half. Um, there's a lot of moving parts. Uh, and then with this particular project, we had so many artists and venues on board. It was a lot of, you know, kind of organizing all that, uh, getting getting all the contracts signed uh, for publishing. And um, but just to have something pressed to vinyl, if you you know you have to get lacquers and plates made that they use basically as the metal mold to press to press the plastic. Um, that part alone could take anywhere from two or three months to a year. Uh, because vinyl has a resurgence and a lot of a lot of places are behind schedules um, as far as that goes. But with the with the help of some of our sponsors and friends, uh, especially at Smash Plastic, uh, which is the only Chicago vinyl pressing plant, they were able to push push that through a lot faster than it normally would have taken. So from from start to finish, we got the whole thing done in like four months, which yeah is is a real blessing that that all came together because I that was. Yeah, it was just kind of everything fell into place in the best kind of way, so there weren't hiccups. And even when you get the press, like the plates back, you still have to listen to them and make sure they're they're good before you press. Like I don't I don't know the exact percentages, but at least ten percent of plates have something wrong with them and have to be redone. Um, so that was, you know, biting biting the fingernails and we you know, like super excited when they came in, and then biting the fingernails to listen to them and have my sound engineer approve them and say like, yep, yeah, this is great. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it just all came together. That's amazing. And so you, you actually amassed a really impressive lineup of musicians for, for this album, 25, um, 25 tracks for 25 venues. Um, how do you, how did you get some of these people? I know that you knew some of them and, and some of them were complete strangers and you somehow, you know, you guys managed to do this and that's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, some of them are friends of mine that I've known for years and years. Um, um, some of them I did not know. Some of them I wasn't even aware of their music at all, but they were recommended by some of the venues involved. Um, and then a couple of a couple of them I I wouldn't say stalked, but I definitely really like I, I really wanted them uh, on the record. For example, Jeff Tweedy. I don't have a personal. I'm a huge fan of Wilco, but I'm not a person. I don't have personal connections with them. Um, but I know that he is very altruistic and does all kinds of uh, projects to give back to the community. So, so my thought was, if I can just get the, I can just get, you know, the word in, if I can send a little birdie or something, I I feel good that he would want to be a part of it. Um, and luckily I was able to, to do that. And, and as you see, he said, yes, which is amazing. I know it's unbelievable. And so I, um, and so we spoke yesterday and decided that, hey, you know, we, we need to get together. We need to do this and, and kind of let people know, maybe outside of, of the Chicago market, what is going on and how they can help and, and, you know, maybe inspire some people to do something very similar, you know, in their own communities. And um, so you gifted me the album. And, and so I, I have a, a digital copy of the album and... Luckily for me, and so, you you know, we talked about me playing some music, you know, some clips on the show, and luckily for me, you have some really good artists on there, and the first track on the album is Justice Hill, um, If and When It Ends, and, and so Justice is actually, I follow Justice on social media, and he has a YouTube channel, um, up-and-coming artist, amazing, amazing artist, and... Um, and so he's actually in my my rotation regularly, um, even oh, prior. Awesome. Yeah, he's amazing. And so I'm going to play a clip of his song just so people kind of can get a sense of these are the types of artists that are affected by what we're going through as in, you know in this world. Yeah, Justice. Trey, do not talk over Justice. 
And so that's just a taste of, of what is on this album. And I have two more tracks, and we'll, we'll play those as, as the show goes on. You know, one of the things I wanted to talk about, um, I, I think that I think it could be really easy for people to, to misunderstand and, and hear this story, and, you know, the story doesn't resonate with them for whatever reason. And so, um, you know, my, my, most of my audience is local, um, and, you know, here in Kansas City, I think it was maybe like March 13th, 14th of this year, we had a venue burned down in the, in the middle of the night. And it was Davies Uptown Ramblers Club. And so they've been I've around. been to Davies before. It's awesome. You know, I first time I went was 31 years ago. I was not old enough to be in there. Don't hold that against them. <laughs> I was very wily. And and so, you know, they 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 were... They were open somewhere in 1925, serving Ill- illegal liquor, you know, became legal liquor in 34. They relocated to the place you visited in 1950. And um, when it burned down, um, people were devastated. You know, um, my, Matt Kessler of the Pedal Jets um, was quoted as saying, I am devastated. Davies is where a lot of KC musicians cut their, their teeth. Playing there was like a rite of passage. And, and so that's the thing. Um, you know, it, it's really easy to to look at where we are technologically in the world and, and say, you know, digital music platforms um, is the way to go. And, you know, that's 20,000 uploads a day. So there's, you know, 20,000 people potentially you will never hear about. Um, venues are where musicians get their starts. The best opportunity at a fair shake financially while be, be becoming part of the community. And this is very community-based. And, you know, the thing about it, um, Chicago really is a community. And so there were, there were people that you contacted that you, you, you had never met, you didn't know. And, you know, you, you know, did a little stalking, did a little networking and and you (laughs) made those connections. Venues are, are what allow a young woman from Bay City, Michigan to become Madonna and in turn influence a young man from South, from Chicago via South Carolina to become Trey Elder, founder of Quiet Pterodactyl. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, and that's why I think the artists were so willing to to support this project and be on the album. Uh, whether whether someone's still at a local level, which is a great level, uh, and cutting you know cutting their teeth, or or people that are you know I guess playing playing venues much larger than the independent venues that we're supporting with this project. Um, they they still they also started there. You know, the, the Wilco's and the OK Go's started at Empty Bottle and Lounge Acts and, and Davies Uptown and places like that. Um, if it wasn't for the smaller venues, they would never have built their audience, would never have played together so much to be as creative as they are and have the careers that they do. Um, so it's crucial. It's not just crucial for the music industry from a business standpoint. It's crucial to musicians and artists on developing their own craft not just getting their name out, but getting good, getting good at songwriting, like learning how to perform. I don't think anyone just instantly is ready to play at a giant sold out stadium. Um, maybe occasionally there are those, but, <laughs> right. but you know, you have, you have to learn, learn how to do it. Uh, and the way to do that is to play in front of people as much as possible. And that's what, that's what these venues provide is that opportunity. For sure. You know, I spend so much time every day, listening to music and and you know obviously right now i you know i can't go to a venue um but it is such a huge part of my life it, it it's had a huge impact on me it had a huge impact on you and so you know you grew up as a kid you you know you had you know madonna to to look at and in her videos and 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 the things that she was doing that was you know, it just resonated with the times. And so, so many things will influence us to to become who we are. And, and the arts is, is absolutely one of those. Um, it, it's just unbelievable 
what you guys are doing, what you're accomplishing. Um, you know, I, I, I think it is, you know, I, I, I think, you know, tragically, tragically, this is the, the best thing that could have happened to Quiet Pterodactyl. You guys start and immediately there is this huge roadblock, yet there's this opportunity to, to really do what it is that you set out to do and do it in such an incredible way. You know, the thing is, is I, you know, this alone is going to provide you guys success. It's going to provide opportunity at, at growth, you know, in the, in the, you know, artist community in Chicago. It, it, and it's going to provide you with those relationships and those levels of trust. And, and people are going to know that these are people that have incredible integrity um, and they actually care. I, I think the music industry, like any industry, can be, you know, it can be very cutthroat and you just never know who you can trust and, and who's got your, you know, your your best interest at mind. And, and then I think this really kind of um, can take away a lot of that, for, a lot of those concerns for, for musicians up and coming in Chicago um, to know that, you know, the, the people that came before them care enough about what they do and, and, and those that will follow them that they are willing to invest their time, their efforts, their name, their brand to to help everyone. And that's absolutely amazing. I know when you guys first started, you um, you initially looked at outside um, finances to get this done. And this is this is one hundred percent paid for. Everything you guys have done has already been paid for. Everything coming, at, you know, all the sales is one hundred percent proceeds is going to Situation Chicago. How did the funding thing work? How what was that? Yeah, that was another thing that miraculously came together. Um, I knew that the project just to get it to get its legs was going to cost at least twenty grand um, to press the amount of vinyl that we wanted to to get insurance for the project, so it covered all those things. Um, so at first, I just reached out to every honestly every business that has supported any kind of music. Uh, in Chicago, you know, like liquor brands, beer companies, uh, real estate companies, you know, just it was kind of a, a mixed match. And since the pandemic had just started, a lot of people weren't responding, not because they're ignoring me, but because, you know, half their staff was furloughed or the whole marketing department doesn't exist right now, <laughs> you know, or, you know, everyone was just feeling how the pandemic was going to affect them and their business. Um, so I didn't even know if the money would be there or if it was there, if I was going to get a hold of the right people in time. Um, and I had some interest from some national companies, but then uh, Kyle Hodges, who's the marketing director at, at Dark Matter Coffee, he came to me and said, I think I just organized, I, w- I don't know if I call it a coalition, but uh, he took it upon himself to find, so Smash Plastic, the vinyl pressing place, was already on board to sponsor. And then he was between Dark Matter. He also got um, Malort, uh, which is made at CH Distillery, a local company, um, Revolution Brewing, a local beer beer company, Nature's Grace and Wellness, a cannabis and wellness company, um, for all these guys to come on board. And we were able to put together just over the, the 20K that we needed. And we had a couple of private sponsors uh, too. Um, but yeah, it, the, I mean, I knew that we could still do the record and I already had some artists ready. So if I needed to, you know, get a bank loan or, or something, that would be fine. And just the proceeds could go to it. But I knew the way to really have, I mean, there, these are 25 businesses. So I knew whatever money we raise isn't actually saving any of those businesses alone or even close to it. Um, so I wanted to be able to give as much back to all these venues as possible. So having that, those sponsorship dollars up front, and it was really cool that it was like awesome local companies that wanted to also support the local, you know, music community, uh, having those, having that part lined up, then a hundred percent of the sales could go back to, to the, to the venues themselves. Right. And, and so hopefully, you know, you know, and, and so just like, you know, your, your efforts aren't going to, to, you know, completely save anybody, you know, the, this podcast, you know, people listening to this, maybe donating, you know, that's not going to do it either, but you know, it, it definitely is about networking and, and, you know, just working together. 
you know, in this. Yeah, and every little bit helps. And also, one of one of the things is, you know, we wanted to get press for the project to sell records, but also just to bring attention to the Save Our Stages Act, which is a national effort to lobby Congress that with uh, the bailouts that they were doing, that the Save Our Stages Act would go through um, and be a part of the stimulus packages to help specifically to help music venues. And with the new approval, what, yesterday or two days ago in Congress, the Save Our Stages Act actually did get approved. Um, so I, I hope that we had a tiny little part in getting the word out to the general public how important this is. Um, so kind of hooray that the Save Our Stages Act yeah. uh, still passed. Again, that's not going to save a loan any of the venues either, but I think I think the total is $15 billion is going to go towards music venues, which, you know, this is, especially the small independent clubs that, you know, they only have a staff of maybe five to 10 people. They're locally owned businesses. They already have very small margins, but I think that that bill is going to have a very, very positive impact nationwide on, on music venues. Yeah. You know, I think what is, what is awesome. And so that's wonderful. You know, one of the, one of the, the really interesting things about this is, is, you know, so much locally, you know, and, and it goes back to community, you know, so much locally has, has been done. You know, I know that, that, um, you know, dark, dark matter coffee, don't they have a, they have a coffee out with, I think you can get it in a can and it's got Chadwick's cover art on it. Same cover art as the, yeah, album. we just released that a couple of weeks ago. Um, we have cold brew coffee in a can that has, yeah, the Chadwick situation, Chicago, artwork uh, featured on it and they're close to being sold out <laughs> but i know they still have some left if you go to darkmattercoffee.com uh, you can order those um but they, they look amazing and that, that was just on top of the monetary commitment to the initial project it was awesome to have people like dark matter help us find other unique ways and tie-ins to continue to promote and they're actually not just proceeds they're actually giving 100 percent of the sales from those cans back to the Street Chicago project too. So all if you buy the record, all the sales goes to the venues. If you buy that coffee can, all the sales are going back to the venues as well. That's incredibly generous. Um you know the thing is 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 you know we Yeah, those guys are amazing. You you can look at a situation like this and say that, you know, people in the world are are definitely on very different, you know, financial levels and it's really easy to look at someone and just think they're making money hand over fist. And that's not the case for a lot of people right now. Even, even some of these companies, dark matter coffee or, or whoever's involved. Um, I know that you guys, there's a food program with local restaurants, a rotation there. Is that still going on? Uh, yeah, that's still going on. Save Chicago music. Um, .com. we've been partnering each week. We feature a different local restaurant, another industry that's suffering right now. Um, so you can buy dinner packages for two or four people, um, and pick up dinner. And then that includes a $10. Like we're not taking any margin and neither is the Backlash, the company that is hosting the website for us, um, which was their idea. They came to me and very, very happy to have their support. Um, no, none of us are taking any cut. The restaurant gets their total regular margin. Um, but it includes a $10 donation that's also going back to the venue. Awesome. And can people go directly to the Chicago Situation Chicago website and just donate? Um, no, the Situation Chicago is actually a Bandcamp website. But if you go to quietterodactyl.com or quietterodactyl.org, you can donate through our website. Um, any you know any amount helps. If you have five dollars, five hundred dollars, uh, and if you want to include a note. Uh, that you want it to go specifically to Situation Chicago Project, it can. Otherwise, it would go to Quiet Pterodactyl. Um, luckily, we don't have a lot of overhead just yet. <laughs> we don't have, you know, basically functions out of my apartment. Um, nice. But we, you know, we still have expenses, uh, web hosting and and insurance for for that company and things like that. So uh, any amount definitely helps. You know, we also just launched just this past week, um, a line of merchandise from still beloved venues that have been closed for years, uh, which was kind of a unique 
crossover tie into the project. Uh, we just, Sonotech, still to this day, one of my favorite venues I've ever been in. It closed several years ago. Um, and Cody Hudson, who's a relatively famous artist now, uh, designed the original Sonotech logo. So we launched it, um, I guess about a week ago. So each, each month we're going to feature uh, a long close, but still not forgotten uh, venue uh, merch like t-shirts and hoodies and things like that that you can get those logos on that haven't been available for years. Uh, so Sonotech is happening now in January. We're going to do Double Door. Uh, Double Door is kind of the, the rock venue up there, like the CBGBs of Chicago kind of, uh, Rolling Stones infamously played a set there when they're on a giant stadium tour, like announced day of, you know, thousands of people lines down the street kind of thing. Uh, and Double Door holds, don't quote me on this, but I want to say 350, 400 people, something like that. Um, so yeah, some of some of these venues are already closed. We're getting permission from the previous owners to use their logos, and again, all the all the sales from that's going back into the Situation Chicago project too. Awesome. You know, we we actually went to Quiet Pterodactyl website last night, and and so there's all these T-shirts, and we were just and and so I have a I have a really unhealthy um, high-end coffee and T-shirt um, habit. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty, it's pretty vulgar. Um, and so I saw the t-shirt, it's really bad. I saw the t-shirts and was just like, oh yeah, I got to have a bunch of these. Um, there's some amazing stuff. On there. Um, and so we will, we will absolutely over the next few weeks, probably be making several visits to look at t-shirts, support in every way that we can. Um, and, and, you know, the great thing about those t-shirts is they're so awesome that people, you know, if you're wearing that, you're very present and everyone is going to, you know, where did you get that? And so I want to be one of the first people in Kansas city wearing these t-shirts and, um, allow people, you know, Hey, yeah, this is where I got it from. This is what it's, what it's about. This is who did this. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. We also have, we feature works from other local artists, um, on there. Uh, and those, those will vary over time. Some, some will be up for a while. Some of them are, are also short term runs. Uh, but there's new stuff being added to it and taken away all the time. I already have maybe another eight to 10 artists that, that will be, that will be offering very soon as soon as they submit their artwork. Um, and with most of those, the, the proceeds from those sales are split between the artists and, and Quiet Pterodactyl. So we're trying to trying to promote other local artists as much as possible too. Awesome. And so yeah, we will we will definitely be what I'm gonna do is I am going to everything that we have discussed as far as Quiet Pterodactyl, the the Bandcamp link, um darkmattercoffee.com, all of those things at the end of this episode will they will all be in the show notes. I want people to you don't have to grab a pen and paper right now. You don't have to Google. Pay attention. Um, and but, but I want everybody to have ease of access to just go down in the show notes, click a direct link, and you are right there. Um, and so things sound like, you know, this just happened. You were like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. It was relatively easy. What's been your biggest failure in this? What's the, been the one thing that was like a hurdle that you either couldn't get over or almost couldn't get over? Um, well, there was, before we came up with the album, there were other ideas that I started putting energy into that did not come to fruition. Uh, that are definitely, I don't know if they're failures or not, because you have to, you know, you have to keep going. But yeah, there are other ideas I really wanted to do that, that did not happen. Uh, one of the, the this was almost a blessing in disguise. Uh, right when the pandemic hit, I had an event lined up. There was a fundraiser uh, with three artists, musicians, um, and our headliner pulled out very last second. I don't want to say who that was, but because of a scheduling conflict, um, which potentially meant we might have lost the date with the venue because our, our big name headliner that kind of guaranteed us the sellout show was gone. That was 
disheartening to say the least. Yeah. Uh, not angry at all. You know, it is what it is, but it definitely was a big blow. Like, Oh God, I just put so much energy into this and that's not going to happen or potentially not going to happen. Um, but as I was scrambling to try to find a headliner before I lost the date with the venue, the pandemic hit and <laughs> the event wasn't going to happen anyway. Oh um, yeah. So it is what it is, but that, yeah, that was, I don't know if failure is the right word, but, you know, that was a big challenge with a lot of, also a lot of moving parts um, and a lot of energy put into that that did not happen. Wow. Yeah. You know, any type of, any type of roadblock can, you know, it can stop you in your tracks and you're just like, oh my God, am I doing the right thing? You know, a, a, a couple of weeks ago, I, um, I actually recorded an entire episode of my podcast and, and it honestly was really good. You know, my, my guest was just amazing and, and really just, you know, involved and present. And so we finished, we, we closed out the show. We said our goodbyes. And a little while later, I, I thought, you know, I'm going to, I want to listen to this back. I want to edit this and just, you know, kind of get a move on this episode. And so I go to, to, to edit it and, and listen to it. And I have managed to record only my voice. And so none of, none of, none of their answers were, were present. Um, I'm just oh, rambling, no. right. I'm rambling to myself for an hour. And so I had to call and say, hey, um, which makes you look foolish and inept. And, and so, <laughs> you know, and that's the thing is when you're, when you're starting something brand new, you know, you, you kind of have these ideas of, you know, I've got to hit this out of the park. And, and that wasn't your intention starting. Your intention starting was very altruistic and, and very kind and very generous. And, you know, the pandemic hit and, and it just devastated everybody and everything. And you managed to, to rise above that and say in a time. And so because this affected everybody, it affected you. It just was devastating. You were still able to, to rise above yourself and rise above your own needs and, and, you know, intentions in life and be that helping hand. And that is unbelievable. Thanks. Yeah. When, I mean, when the pandemic first hit, I had, I had, you know, a lot of people are out of work. Um, fortunately, at least for a while, people were able to get unemployment. I had just left my service and I was in a restaurant management position of 10 plus years that I had just left in January on very good terms. You know, those, Jerry, those people are like family to me. Uh, but I left on my own accord and I had not, you know, the first, let's say three or four months, I was, I kind of already planned to not be working and focusing all my attention on quiet pterodactyl. Um, but, every, but everything that I had planned got canceled. So I knew there was not going to be any new funding come in, but I didn't even qualify for unemployment because I had just left my job on my own accord. I was unemployed Wonderful. on purpose. Um, yeah, so I was like, so that was a huge like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> you know, moment. Um, not not knowing, yeah, how like not only not knowing how I was going to pay my rent, but, you know, what we do with Quiet Pterodactyl because all of our events have been canceled. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was pretty depressing, to be honest. Uh, which is why it took me a few weeks to kind of, you know, sh shake that off and be like, okay, well, what do we do going forward? You know, this is what it is. I can sit here and be sad about it, or I can just do something. I can just make something else happen, which is. And which you, is you what, did. What we did. Yeah, you absolutely <laughs> did. And so I, um, I don't know. I don't remember if I, if I read this somewhere yesterday, if I heard it. It's been a long day, long couple of days. Um, there's a phase two to this plan, and so th this this first initial album, you know, and so it is it is it is out and available until December 31st, which is and so initially you and I were going to do this show much later, and then I started looking into things, and I'm like, well, hold on, um, I can't do it after the fact. This needs to to be talked about right now. Um, and so December 31st, I guess, is the cutoff for that first phase. But there there are plans for an extension of a second phase, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, one of the nice things with, like, the T-shirt merch um, and the coffee cans, it kind of gave us something 
I guess, to, to talk about and promote in the um, over the next few months. Uh, but we did start working on a follow-up vinyl uh, record. I already have not all the artists lined up, but some some of them. Um, I can't say who they are yet, but I'm super excited about about who we have going on this one. Uh, and even initially, when when I was organizing the first one, and once it came out, I have lots of musician friends like, "Oh, when when are you gonna, are you going to do a second one? Is this going to be a series? Can I be on it?" And I was like. Man, I, I hope not. I hope the pandemic, like the, the whole point of this was to help, uh, help these venues out while they're hurting. And I hope the pandemic's over. And next year, this time, I'm at a live show again. Um, now, realistically, even once, you know, the vaccine is out now, which is great. Uh, but even if, even if the venues are able to open, I don't know that people are ready to be in the, a windowless closed dark room with a few hundred strangers yet. Um, <laughs> right. And, you know, and even if they are, even if let's say by fall or winter, they're able to sell out some shows. Like some of these tours take weeks, months, you know, some of them are planned at least a year in advance. So the idea that, that it's just, it's just over, you know, like pandemic's over, everything's back to normal just isn't going to be the case. Uh, a lot of these venues, and they're coming off of almost a year of being closed, or at that point, it'll be well over a year. So it's going to be three to five years before we know how many of these venues are going to survive and what the new normal looks like. Uh, and even what, you know, when they'll be able to sell, sell out shows and have bands tour again. Um, oh, so I guess that was a long answer for yes, we are working on a second situation, Chicago, uh, where the first one, the money was going to directly to the venues to help them just however they need it with overhead to pay their bills, pay their taxes, what have you. The second one is going to be more focused on raising money for venue staff um, and artists that work for those venues. Um, Civil, which is Chicago Independent Venue League, is a local organization um, yeah, made up of independent venues um, kind of working in, in congruence together. And they just started the Civil Save Emergency Relief Fund. I forget what SAVE stands for. Staff and something, something. I'm um, sorry. Right. Uh, but the proceeds for that one is going to go to that pot, which, which again, once these venues are open back, like their bartenders have been out of work. Some of them have found other jobs. Some of them haven't. But you don't just go to zero from zero to 100 of, okay, now we can pay all of our previous support staff. Some, you know, some of that you're going to have to start over. So it's going to be a slow, a slow growth into getting back into the, into the thick of things. So hopefully that'll be able to help out some of the individuals that, you know, and that's stage guys, door guys, bartenders, you know, the guy, the booking agents, you know, any, anyone that might've played a role in working for a music venue um, that also has been out of work for, for what now, nine, nine, 10 months. Exactly. You know, and you're 100% right. You know, I mean, we could we could get the word that that all is clear. First thing tomorrow morning, it's okay to come out and play. And we would all grab our toys and, and spread out. The reality is, um, you know, initially what's going to happen is is there's going to be this this, you know, stream of, of income that 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 goes out into into these businesses. And it is not going to be enough, you know, um, doing this initial um, situation in Chicago is not going to save any one place. You know, that $15 billion isn't going to save everyone. It's, it's the continued efforts. And, and I think that's almost as admirable, admir, admirable, if I can speak, you know what I'm trying to say? Um, I, I think that's almost as amazing as, as just the initial project is, is having some, some follow through and saying, you know, this is what we've done. Um, it's been a relief. It will help. It is encouraging. It, it will it will provide some support. This is our next phase. This is a continued effort. And you know, we you know, as a world, we we face something just incredibly overwhelming right now, and and so we have to face it together as best we can and, and support each other. I have a um, I have a really random question, and it has absolutely nothing to do with anything. Um, <laughs> kind of it's a multitasking well, I've got a random answer <laughs> okay good good um, and so it's it's about multitasking and so you've shown that you know you can multitask 
um, you know, doing what you've been doing the last few months. You you have the ability. And so I recently had a guest um, on the show. And um, and so he was making soup during the episode while we were recording. Just no class at all. <laughs> Great guy, no class. What's the weirdest thing? And I know you've been on several podcasts. What's the weirdest thing you've done while recording a podcast or having a conversation on the phone the other person didn't know about? Um, I am a big multitasker, and I generally don't like to do video calls. Like, you know, I, I do the occasional Zoom meeting when I have to. Right. Um, but I don't like to do those because I don't want people to see what I'm doing. And I haven't made soup <laughs> while, I was, while I was doing an interview. Of, um, I could hear clang, yeah, spoon, I, spoons clanging and everything. <laughs> uh, but I, I pace around a lot, which is another thing that, you know, I, I don't like to sit down when I'm thinking. Uh, even just in talking to you right now, I've, I've walked around my apartment. I've gone outside on the porch. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, kind of con- constantly in, in motion. Right. Um, but now maybe I'm hungry. Should I, should I make some <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, weirdest thing. Uh, this is embarrassing. I've I've sat down and peed really quietly <laughs> in the middle of talking to someone. I haven't done that to you, uh, but that's happened before. <laughs> that is awesome. You know, I... I <laughs> I almost didn't ask you this question um, because I thought, you know, Trey just might turn this question on me. And so since you shared that. <laughs> yeah, I um, might make it dark. I, do you remember a couple months ago, there was, I think it was a senator in New York who, and in the background of a call of some sort of Zoom meeting, he was, he was looking at adult material and got in trouble for, they could mm-hmm. see him far off in the background. Uh, doing adult <laughs> I have not done that for the record. If I did, I would never admit to it anyway. But <laughs> I um I recorded an episode a few weeks ago and I will not say which episode because I don't want anybody to think, you know, that I you know, I don't respect them. And so <laughs> I and so some of my listeners know that and so I'm in I'm in a wheelchair. I have ALS and I and so I can't move. I can't just get up and go do something and, and to say, hey, you know, I'm going to you know, I'm gonna pause for a minute and I, I need to take care of a personal matter and come back is an incredible undertaking for me with my disabilities. And so um I I really needed to go. And so some of the time um my guest was speaking some of the time I was speaking. And so I did pee during that episode. It was incredibly relieving, <laughs> um, very liberating. And um, I, I thank you for giving me the courage to share that story with the world. I'm a very introverted person. And so that was um, that was very liberating. Thank you, Trey. Yeah, see, all, all people have the, some of the same challenges, such as having to pee really bad. <laughs> But to this point, to be clear, neither of us has peed during the making of the show. Of this episode, that is correct. Not awesome. yet. <laughs> awesome. There's still time left. And so <laughs> I know you're incredibly busy, and, and so I'm going, to, I'm going to finally let you go here in a minute. But I, I want to talk about the show notes again. And so um, before I get to that, um, you know, as you know, the, the name of the podcast is Never Call Me Again. And an instrument. Yeah. Me. Does that mean this is our last our last time talking? I, I hope not. I hope not. And so it, it's meant to be kind of ironic, like you know, you hear, "Hey, do you want to be on Never Call Me Again?" Is he going to Shanghai me? What is this? What is this podcast? And so it I encourages, it. right? It encourages you to check me out before you say yes and be like, "Hell no, this guy peed during an episode." <laughs> but what I what I want to ask you is. You know, and so I know that there's this phase two, and I know that you are you are already somewhat underway with that. I would absolutely love to have you back on the show um, whenever you're available um, and, and to talk about where you've come, what you're doing next. Well, I mean, I would I would love to come back. Uh, yeah, definitely. We have the Situation Chicago 2. It's not going to be called that, but uh, a follow-up Situation Chicago record. Um, we're working... These aren't done deals yet, but we're working on possibly doing a similar project in a couple other U.S. cities. Uh, we're also uh, moving forward with 
I guess maybe this is my first announcement, uh, doing a situation Bogota in Bogota, Colombia. Nice. Um, we're working on that. So yeah, like you said earlier, not only did this kind of help quiet pterodactyl become known for, for what we're doing and what, what we're capable of and helping others, uh, but not just in Chicago and in other places as well. That's amazing. And so, yeah, I absolutely would love to have you back. And so you've answered that question of, of you know, whether I can ever call you again or not. Um, <laughs> and that's very generous considering, you know, our conversation has not, you know, been completely vanilla. Um, I want to play a little bit more. I, and so I have two more clips and we just got so involved in the conversation and what was going on that we, we kind of have skip those. And, and so I have the track here from Big Silky, Psalm 1, and Angel Davenport, Put Your Cape On. Let's listen to that for a second. Yeah. You hear the harmonies? <laughs> yeah. I said, uh, Shit, saying no. Circle small, trying to make a die. Cloud chasing won't make you high. Whole time bang, get your shot. Cold blocks in the same heart. They don't show you where the pain start. Y'all gonna be straight with this gay art. I'ma help you put the K on. Hey, uh huh, yeah. I and so that's one of my favorites on the on the album. Um, I have been a huge fan of Psalm One for a long time. Um, and she also had a group called Rapper Chicks for a while. Uh, this new duo, her, her and Angel, Big Silky, just everything she t- she does is just phenomenal. And so, um, on your Instagram there, and so she bought the album. There's a picture of her on the, on the Instagram with the album. Um, it's just unbelievable that people have come out and been willing to participate and, and willing to continue to give back. And, and now people are vying for a position on the next album. And, you know, the thing is, is, is you know, this sadly, um, fortunately for you, but sadly for Chicago music, um, this this is the biggest thing in Chicago music in 2020. Um, as tragic as that is... Um, it has to be amazing to 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 be part of that and to know that you you cared enough to step up to the plate and really accomplish exactly what you set out to um, by rising to you know the situation and saying you know these weren't my plans but this is where I'm needed this is what I can do to help. Um, Thanks. Yeah. Any just it was really just us doing our you know small part uh, of the big of the bigger pie uh, to do as much as we can to help, and it's been just amazing to have yeah all the like all the venues helping promote the album, all the artists helping promote the album, our sponsors all you know Dark Matter and Smash Plastics like actively promoting the album, not just the day it came out, but over the last five months you know they've continued to help us promote it. Um, you know, so it's not just a small nonprofit promoting the record, but it's, you know, 50 plus entities all simultaneously promoting the record, which is really, you know, help us get attention for it. That's amazing. Um, and so in closing in the, in the show notes, um, you know, people can find a, a link that's going to allow them to leave a voice message. And so, if you have a voice, if you have a question for me or for Trey or, or want to leave a word of encouragement for Trey, Absolutely, we, we really want you to do that. Um, I'll make sure that you get any of those messages. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah, I, I really would like people to, you know, be able to to voice, you know, their support and, and, and be supportive in absolutely any way. And so when you come back um, with, you know, phase two, as we've dubbed it, of Situation Chicago, or I've dubbed it of Situation Chicago, um, I'd like to include some of those messages um, in that episode and, and give give the listeners an opportunity to, to actually participate. Um, and so if they have comments, they have questions that maybe they want to ask you specifically. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that, that sounds beautiful. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I will put everything that, um, we talked about, all of those links will be in the show notes. I encourage people to check all of those things out. If you have the ability to contribute in some way, Anyway, 
Um, absolutely do. There are, there are so many things that, so many ways that people can help, whether it's, you know, with quiet pterodactyl in and of itself, um, situation Chicago, um, the food program, whatever it is you, you can do, if you can do anything, absolutely. If there's nothing that you can do, please leave an encouraging message. Please be willing to ask a question. Um, show your involvement in whatever way you can, and we appreciate you. Trey, you have been an amazing guest. I appreciate you so much. Robert, thank you so much for having me. I and I, uh, little side note, I went to junior high in Kansas City. My family is mostly Missouri and Kansas. Uh, so next time I'm in Kansas City, I'm going to give you a call, and we're going to hopefully go have a drink and go see a show together. Where did you go to junior high? Uh, in Richmond, Missouri. Got, okay. got my braces in Excelsior Springs. Okay. <laughs> my father's a minister, so I would often go into Kansas City um, with him when he'd do hospital visits, and he'd take me to his skate shop. I'd buy a Thrasher and Transworld skateboarding so that when he's visiting people you are taking me back I had something to to read while he was visiting uh, people from his church that is Um, awesome but yeah I I have strong ties to KC area awesome well well, and now you have another one and um, you know maybe maybe by the time all this is over and and the smoke is cleared and and we're comfortable getting out maybe Davies will be back open they are they are trying to get those doors back open and um oh, would be awesome. wouldn't it be it would be amazing we could go there and it is a dive bar they have great music great atmosphere and it would be awesome to to unite there for a drink with with some history yeah let's plan on it awesome trey thank you for your time sir thank you 